0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. We're just a few days away now from the return of Premier League football. We don't have many days left, do we, Pat? Nice to speak to you. We have Pat Rowe today and we're just going to be talking about the pre-season schedule, a couple of bits and bobs from the Villa Park redevelopment. There was a committee that was speaking about it today and that's all being ratified, which is good news.
0: And then a couple of bits about transfers as well. So, Pat, how are we today? I am fantastic. I'm on that weird bit of just before Christmas where I don't know what day it is and I'm just trying to like crawling over to Christmas now. Six-day working week, I'm getting through it. Horrible weather, but you know how it is. Excited to get back into the swing of things with Villa, to be honest. I've had a, It was a nice break watching England. It, rare that I say that, to be honest, but I enjoyed it. Um, regardless of the result. And yeah, I'm excited for domestic football to be back now, and I Especially with Emery, to be honest, you know, going into every fix now, a few weeks ago after the Fulham game, if it was Gerrard still in charge, you'd be like, ah, oh, returning mm-hmm. football and got Liverpool at home. But we're going to these, like, pretty hopeful, I think, so yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, so today we've got a couple of things to catch up on, really. Obviously,
1: the pre it's like pre-season, it's not really a pre-season, it's the pre-season. I keep that. It keeps getting me while I'm writing reports,
0: it's been like pre-season, pre-season, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, obviously the Liverpool game ahead, then Spurs and Wolves follow quite quickly after that. I think it's three games in eight days, maybe nine days, something like that. Um, bit transfers to Villa Park redevelopment, as I say, has been ratified now. So lots to talk about. We'll start with the pre-season, Pat. Um Obviously, first team go to Dubai for, I think, the best part of a week and then one game in Abu Dhabi against Chelsea. It's probably a good idea to... Get out from Bodemore Heath, it was what like minus two at some point last month or yeah. the start of this month. Sorry, um, one weather training. What were your thoughts on that? I, obviously, we played two games as well Chelsea, Abu Dhabi, and uh, behind closed doors against Brighton in mm-hmm. Dubai. was The first one, they selected a strong lineup in both of those games. I was expecting to see a bit more, um, I don't know, supposedly different players playing, but I guess. Now we are in the middle of the season. It's not much point in trialling loads of different things. Yeah. We know what players are going to play and which ones aren't. Um, do you think it's a good thing that we're sort of using that 4-2-2-2? 4 Yeah, is using that a lot and using the players in the right positions. So,
0: yeah, your thoughts on, um, say, the pre-season that we've just had? I've been trying not to... Obviously, the results happened, don't they? And people read into it a lot and you see the tweets flying around. And, oh, we lost to Villarreal and whatnot and stuff like that. But I try not to look into the result too much because it is just what it is, isn't it? It was a warm-weather training camp. Probably was a bit of a morale booster for him as well, getting in the sun away from minus two here. I don't blame him, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just keeping the fitness levels up ahead of that return to Premier League football was key. Um, while a few of the lads were away in, uh, in uh, Qatar, obviously... I, it was a bit of a struggle to watch the game as like closely as you would an actual Premier League game. I found because obviously the production of it isn't as good, and you can't blame them for that. It probably is a, a makeshift job, and it cut out a few times. But there were some nice bits. I think the game between both sides, especially the Brighton one, I think was a bit laborious. But there was that move in the Chelsea game, wasn't there? Our first goal, and it was like yeah. that was, I think that's like prime Emery ball. To be honest, it was like moving up from the back. Watkins dropping deep. And then Luca Dean, I think, played it to McGinn. I can't remember the exact details, but it was just nice to watch. It went went round Villa Twitter, didn't it? Yeah. That's what we'll be hoping to see on a more consistent basis, but it's just translating that into a consistent basis for Villa, which has always been the problem. Um, But as you say, it was good to see a few cameo uh, appearances for a few players, see a bit more of Archer. Arjun Reiki, I don't know if I butchered his name there, but I've really enjoyed watching him. To be honest, I think he could play a big role in that uh, four triple two formation you've mentioned about Emery. Had a, the defensive role. He looks like he's a bit of an all-action midfielder, and I kind of mm. like the fact that he's got a bit about him as well. He's got, I like players that have a bit of character. You know, yeah. he's gangly and he's got his socks down low. He's a bit of a character to watch. I quite enjoy it. Who knows if he'll have a future at Villa or if he'll break into the Prem team? But you know, Embry seems to be a fan. Don't know what he made of him. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, probably one of the main positives that'll come out of the preseason, really, obviously, mm-hmm. him
1: and Caden Young, sixteen year old Caden Young, which is I can't get my head around that. Like oh, we're, we're like 22, 23, it's um it's mad. I think he was born in what would that be like two thousand and six or something? Like that's insane. Um what year, what
0: year is sixteen? Is like what year at school is sixteen? Is it year that's, 11? That's last year. It's GCSEs, isn't it? So. GCSEs, dear God. Mental. And I think
1: he's come back after Dubai and continued to train with the first team as well, which must be really good yeah. for him. It wasn't just a, a sort of, oh, we need one more man or one more boy <laughs> to like yeah. fill out the uh, travelling squad to Middle East. Instead, he's come back and he's continuing to impress clearly. Uh, so that's really good. Sends the right message, doesn't it? And I think Emery, two youngsters at Villarreal, uh, Nicholas, Jack- Nicholas Jackson's quite young Jeremy Pino all players that are sort of first-teamers now and Caden Young's probably some way off that still but at 16 to be doing that is quite soon and as you say Arjun Reiki as well um, he never looks out of place in the first team and I think he went to was it Stockport I think it was yeah,
0: Stockport I rim- yeah I think he's been rim- yeah. Rim- yeah, I think. Yeah, I think.
1: yeah and it wasn't the most productive loan ever but that's on, on the face of it, but the point in the loan movers we've seen, like with Cameron Archer, for example, going to Salil mm-hmm. Moore's not really scoring, but then all of a sudden yeah. he's good to be playing, at least in the Championship. It's just having that experience of being away from, you know, where you are at Bodham Moore and getting mm-hmm. an experience that isn't just playing on the football pitch. So maybe that served him, you know, just as well as playing uh, 90 minutes in the League Two team or whatever for, you know, 16 mm-hmm. games in season. Uh, so that's really positive. What do you think about the 4222? Because obviously that is clearly work. At least at the moment, with the squad that Emery's got, that's what he's going for, at the, at the, when he was appointed even, the 4-2-3-1. I thought everyone probably thought that was the way he yeah. was going, Me included. Um, obviously, it's much more complex than just a system because out of possession, it looks to be like a 4-4-2. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? To me, it's getting the most out of quite a few players, as you mentioned, John McGinn as well, that goal that we scored against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. John McGinn is in that position because he's allowed to be. I know that sounds a bit stupid, but under Gerard, I don't think he'd be making that run because he knows he has yeah. to be covering fullbacks or whatever he was doing. So, what do you think about the uh, system that Emery's been using in the first couple of months of his tenure?
0: I mean, yeah, I spent, before he started, it was appointed to the role, I spent hours trying to look into the system. And it, the thing I noticed was it changes at every team. So, I would, like yeah. everyone else, I was trying to predict it. And I did go with the 4-2-3-1 because I thought that, you know, Aaron Danks went with it for that his first few games. And it was just like we lit Villa Parker light on that day, didn't we? So it was, I was expecting that. But yeah, Emery's coaching capabilities, he's a tactician and he analyses every little detail. He's seen this out of nowhere. No one predicted a 4 two. And it's working, to be honest. It is getting the best out of our midfielders that maybe wouldn't always get a place into the team. I think you've got the double pivot of Louise and Kamara, which looks really balanced, I think. Everyone's been praying that we see that kind of that midfield for a while. I was kind of stressed that I'd never see it again, to be honest, because obviously louise's <laughs> contract and Kamara's injury. I thought we were going to carry over into January and not see it ever again. And I was just the one we got away kind of thing. I didn't see McGinn kind of playing as a number ten or a, in a right mid. It probably works as a right midfielder as well in the out of possession, doesn't it? Yeah. I didn't predict that, to be honest. I thought. I didn't see him in a mid- midfield two, but it's nice to see McGinn included. And if he does kind of forge a role, it'll be good because I think everyone wants to see McGinn back to McGinn's best. I think, as you say, he's had the shackles on for a while now in over villa top. And it's not been ideal. I think the fan base, a proportion of the fan base, I should say, have got on his back a bit. But I would like to see yeah, like that championship style McGinn getting back into things. And that was, the Brighton penalty, that was f- uh, flashback McGinn. His finish against Chelsea. Was it Chelsea or Brighton, the finish? The, uh, was it Chelsea? Chelsea? Building, yeah. Chelsea yeah that, it's all confidence building he's see, seeing the ball go in the back of the net and he's contributing in games so if you can bring that forward it'd be good to see I'm interested to see Buendia as well how we go with that because against Brighton was he the supporting striker in the two yeah he was and I think he was moved yeah. out wide. but yeah he started as a two yeah. yeah so originally he was one of the players I thought would would be one of the first to thrive under Emery but it's not quite happened as I thought it would it hasn't really hit the ground as, as I thought it would under Emery so I want to see more from Bundy I'll be honest. But yeah, Bailey in that supporting role just looks like a, a, re, a man reborn, doesn't he? Um, it's exciting to see that going forward. I would kind of say I'm slightly worried about Ollie Watkins because we've seen in the past how he struggles in a, a front two. So then you get the argument going of, is Danny Ings better suited to playing in a front two because that's where he played the majority of his time for Southampton? Yeah. I think in the small snippet we've seen, maybe, might be, but I did have a little laugh to myself after the Brighton game just before the um, the break. I saw tweets going around. It was like, oh, that's what happens when you put like a clinical striker up front. And I was like, yeah, I'm all for supporting Danny Ings when Danny Ings scores and whatnot. But I don't think I'd use that performance as a as like a bat to hit over Watkins' head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. put a penalty down the middle that Akiva got a hand to and that finished for the second one. I think even he was laughing about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that's a clinical striker when I see one. But yeah, it was a bit lucky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the formation. I don't think many teams predict it, I don't think many teams anticipate it happening. And I think he's getting the best out of the players we've got here, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and then coming back
1: to the UK, we obviously had Villarreal what like three or four days after we turned we, we returned from Dubai. Um, we lose the game one nil, but as you say, results can't really be sort of yeah. viewed upon as I negative the for that
0: one. It was wasn't it minus four? Fair play to anyone that went and watched that. One. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was horrible. I I was covering the um under eighteens in the youth cup against Brentford a few days before that, and that was minus two or minus three, and that was bitter yeah. and was horrible. Yeah, watching the one or loss the Villarreal probably wasn't much better. Um it was a defensive area, wasn't it? From was it Callum Chambers? I believe it
0: was. Trying to play I haven't watched any highlights, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch the highlights of that. I think yeah. I was I was covering I can't remember, I think I was covering Stoke or someone and <laughs> I just didn't get around to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh well we during the game we played well, I think with the post twice. Uh was we there a goal were, allowed as well? Uh I believe so, yeah. But we, ultimately we so we dominated the game. What you want to see in these at this stage, like in a pre season, is that style being implemented. And I, I always said in the summer when we had Gerard uh during that our actual preseason in the summer, we'd be winning games and like drawing to Man United or whatever and beating Leeds and beating like Brisbane but there was no real identity to it. It was exactly what we've been seeing since we've ended the season. But then this is different. We are trying to see different things. We're trying to see us play out from the back. And yes, we are making a few errors like we did against mm. Brighton in the Premier League. Uh, we did it a couple of times with Olsen in the Brighton game, I think, too. Yeah. But uh, I guess it's about getting to transfer windows. Can you identify players who can play that brand of football? And these players aren't going to learn the Emery way unless they actually do it and start straight away. So we're not going to be, you know, going long balls and not not, not going long ball, but we're not, not going to be playing out from the back just because it might serve us better in one single game. We're going to be doing it because it's going to get us results over the course of, let say, Emery's tenure, whether that's three or four years. So we need to start doing it. And yes, it's only friendly, but you do want to see players sort of get to grips with it sooner rather than later. I think for Chambers, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a knotty one because you've got Diego Carlos coming back mm-hmm. soon. Hopefully, maybe in February. Um, obviously, and Mings are his competition at the moment too. Young Bednarek's on loan, so probably wasn't the best audition for him in terms of being reunited back with Emery, having played with them at Arsenal. But the Villarreal game itself, yeah, we played well. Um, and then, say to lose the game, it's a bit of a whatever. But to compete against a very good team that Emery obviously knows a lot about, and they played a stronger team. Obviously, we played strong too. And then we play Everton. I think that was last night, wasn't it? Yeah, that was or, last night. Report came out, not it? Yeah, and behind closed doors, again, like the Brighton game was, so there's, there's not too much that we can talk about, but from the report that was given, it was, I think, Everton went up 2-0 quite early on,
0: I think. Um, I think it was Anthony Gordon and it was... I can't remember the other one. Oh, okay. Classic Malpai versus Villa. <laughs> it's yeah. good to That's why much. everyone's so wound up about it. It's just, fine, if you lose 1-0 and Gordon scored, it's fine, but it's because Malpai scored <laughs> in a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> And then uh, I think we had a couple of chances. And
1: whatever, mm. yeah, so we, we lose two zero. But again, we haven't seen the games, so we can't really comment on too much. Um, yeah, what do you think about those two games? Part obviously two losses, but that's not going to make much of a difference when we play against Liverpool in front of forty two thousand on Boxing there. I don't yeah. think those
0: results will matter at all. No, like you say, wasn't it? Under Gerard he kept having behind closed doors friendly to keep match up match sharpness, and we be beat Brentford for like three. three <laughs> And we were watching the highlights, like, oh, my God, we're <laughs> back. Gerard's taking us to the top. It's every no panics over Gerard's restoring us. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so, yeah, you can't read too much into it, can you? Um, as I said, I am a bit annoyed that Malfoy scored, but I'll get over it in a few days. <laughs> um, I'm excited for this Liverpool fixture, like I said at the start of the podcast. It's my first fixture this season. I haven't been able to, from covering other teams and whatnot, I haven't been able to get there. Yeah, so I'm excited to get there. It's Boxing Day football. It's always good. In the last... we were, it was Chelsea last year, wasn't it? And we, play, I thought we played all right then. I think it was a Matty Cash penalty incident that yes, was. Chelsea back into the game. Matt Target score It might have been his last ever involvement in a Villa shirt, that. Um, <laughs> the one before that, it was that Norwich game where Grealish set up hand. I just feel like Boxing Day football at Villa Park is just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Liverpool... No Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunez, didn't have a great World Cup. Obviously, Salah's had a rest, but Salah wasn't in the best of form to start the season. I know he hit form just before. And obviously, we can get at Liverpool at Villa Park. We know we can, Um, especially with 42,000 there. It's going to be a good day. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Score prediction, I'm not really too sure because I don't know what Villa's going to turn up. But I thought we were making... (laughs) progress under every before it but obviously you said I don't know if you're going to take into account the friendlies and what's happened yeah. now probably shouldn't read too much into that but I'd say Villa will get a result there I'm predicting 2-1 win I reckon 2-1 win I'm I'm quite confident as well um, I suppose
1: the only issue that we talk about is the, uh, goalkeepers, uh, the goalkeeper oh, yeah. oh I forgot about that when I made yeah. my 2-1 <laughs> <laughs> but we still win it's fine um, yeah. Robin Olsen yeah. as far as we know is He's got a knock or is nursing a knock at the moment. We don't know if that's going to keep him out for Monday. It's not it's Christmas Day, is Sunday, isn't it? So Monday. Yeah. Seem, that seems like a long way away So I'm still on a Monday or two weeks ago from where we are now. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Emi Martinez is in Argentina celebrating I'm winning cool. the
0: World Cup. He's drunk somewhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't blame him. Um, and Philip Marshall was in goal, played 90 minutes against Everton in the behind closed door friendly. Uh, on Wednesday. No, yeah, Wednesday. So that leaves us with a bit of an issue, goalkeeping-wise. I don't know. That, that, as far as we know, a decision hasn't been made on Martinez yet. We'll get more clarification on that from Unai Emery tomorrow uh, in his pre-Liverpool press conference. But it's what, why we fought four days away. I think Brighton gave McAllister two weeks off, which would see him out of both of uh, Brighton's first two games back. I don't know what Villa are gonna do. Martinez is in the past jetted back to Birmingham with like a few hours mm-hmm. to spend four games. I think the Everton game he come back and he's a
0: hangover there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's a difficult one, and obviously they just won the World Cup too. I would say it's probably highly unlikely that he plays Liverpool, but I think he might be playing for Tottenham. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. completely off hunch because I don't know. It, to be honest, it probably depends where where does he want to spend Christmas as well. I don't know if he's yeah. got family over in Argentina. I presume he does. Um but maybe he wants to come back home for Christmas, which would seem probably playing for Villa the next day. I don't know. That's probably the, the only solution that there is. Uh, but the odds are, at the moment, would be obviously Olsen playing with an injury, which isn't ideal. Or right. Philip
0: Marshall. It's a it's a bit of a headache, isn't it, Pat? Yeah, like you say, with Martinez. The only thing that kind of makes me feel like he might come... Definitely not, I'd say he's definitely out of the Liverpool game in my head. Like, he just won yeah, the World yeah. Cup. He's, he's having a few... Like, he needs a week off, at least. So I'd say he's not coming back for that. Like you say, the Spurs game. I'm banking on him being back for that, to be honest. Newsday. I'm only gonna say I probably am gonna annoy the goalkeepers that are listening, but as a goalkeeper, you are not running ten, twelve kilometres per game, are you? You are you have to be on the top of your form, obviously, but you're not running twelve kilometres, you're not round the pitch. So you probably can recover a bit better than like, say, McAllister or someone like that, that was putting in the hard yards throughout it. I think it's just a mental battle for him. Is he mentally ready to come back into the into the picture? Which I completely is fine if he doesn't want to um come back yet, because he's clearly he's slightly off the rails at the moment. Um in a good way though. I th- I don't bemoan him for his antics currently. Um yeah, like I say, Robin Olsen, I thought he looked better in a few of the friendlies, not completely confident, but better than the United game and whatnot. And just to mention Philip Marshall, I think he played, I watched the Cardiff friendly, the memorial game for Peter Whittingham. I think he yep. played in that. It might have been a, like a, a small snippet of him or a half, I can't quite remember. But I just remember thinking he looked quite comfortable on the ball, which I think will go a long way under Emery, to be honest. I think especially showing it at such a young age. He's obviously working with the likes of Olsen and Martinez daily and whatnot. And Sinisalo, I've got to mention, he's an international now for Finland as well. He's working with international players every single day of the week. So he probably is going to take confidence from that and go into games confidence. So I'd, I'd back him if he came into the lineup. It would be a big task. But we've seen how Villa youngsters can perform against Liverpool's first team in the past. And Rocky <laughs> was one of them, wasn't it? When they're thrown into the deep end. Yeah. Um So, yeah, I'd be completely fine with it. But like I said, I'm taking hope from the fact that they said small injury for Olsen. So I'm hoping, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm hoping it is a small one. And obviously you want your more experienced keeper in, in, in the lineup, don't you?
1: Yeah, you would have thought that Olsen would be ready for that. I think, again, small injury would suggest that he would be okay yeah. to play 90 minutes at least, or at least play some part of it. And if it needs to be, you've got another keeper on the bench, I suppose. It's not ideal situation because you are playing Liverpool. But yeah, as long as we know that Martinez will be back for Tottenham, I'd probably take that because mm-hmm. you don't want him missing... Both those games, and then it's coming back in for Wolves. And it's a, as I say, three games. And lot yeah. what space of time it's a tight turnaround. And to be honest, I think Martinez, if the club ordered him to come back for Liverpool, he would because yeah. he's that kind of guy and he, he owes everything to not doesn't owe everything to Villa, but he owes a lot to Villa for taking the chance on him. And I believe we what was it the Chelsea game that we allowed him to miss because of Jed Steer, uh, Jed Steer player? Yeah, yeah. yeah he and... got jet lag, I think. Was that the one at Stamford Bridge? Yeah, not, I think. Did fine as before. <laughs> him and are both missed that, didn't in on, on the club yeah. sort of, so um, not saying he always just won at all, but you know, no. but it'll be again celebrate all you need. Like he's just won the biggest game in football. You yeah. have, have your week off, miss a game if you need to, but I'd like to think about back for Spurs just because, as you say, it's not an outfielder and he yeah. can just stand between the posts and it's it's a mental game, isn't it? At that point, so. Mm-hmm. um on Martinez, Pat, what do you make of the kind of, I, I say, antics uh, during the penalty shootout against, yeah. uh, who did they play again? <laughs> I forgot. Um, France, yeah. Uh, and after the, the uh, final as well, obviously, the thing is, held up a baby of Killiam and yeah. Baffet's face. He sung a couple of songs. Um, it's quite. We'll, we'll focus on the penalty shootout to start because I think Ian Wright said something like it was, uh, he crossed the line or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he I, went back on it. He originally said it was fine, I think. And then he went back yeah. on himself and said it
1: wasn't fine. I'm like completely baffled by it. What what did he do that was so like against the law? It I know he threw the ball away once and yeah. probably shouted at the players, but he's in the biggest game of his life. Mm. What do you expect him to do? Like if he's gonna get an advantage, then do it. I, I don't know why there was a bit of an uproar about that. I think most people were probably like, oh, whatever, but it's probably the stuff afterwards yeah. that that most people are probably looking at thinking, oh, you're a Bad sportsman or whatever, but yeah. come on, he's, he's had a drink. It's it's maybe he's had a drink. Yeah. And it's, I can't confirm
0: right. he's had a drink.
1: Yeah, he's had a world. He's won the World Cup. Like I think people should probably get for his back. It's not like it's not important. This guy was contemplating leaving football like five years ago at Getafe, yeah. and now he's lifting the World Cup and he's done it for Lionel Messi. Both of the international honors that he's won with Messi have come with him in goal like if that makes sense so yeah. every time uh, Messi looks back on his career and thinks oh the Copa American World Cup every time I've played in those competitions I've always had world class strikers midfielders, mm-hmm. defenders near me what's the difference it was Martinez so yeah fantastic sort of well si- ever since he joined Villa Martinez his career has just done that so fair play yeah. to him and I think everyone that's kind of calling him out for bad sponsorship or whatever you can have your opinion but I don't think he cares
0: to be honest no. No, I think he is the type of character that just wouldn't care. Fair play to him. If I had just won the World Cup and helped Messi to get the World Cup, I pro- probably wouldn't see me for like four weeks. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, you say, I don't think he did anything wrong whatsoever, even like a hint of doing anything wrong in the actual penalty shootout. Same against Holland, uh, Netherlands. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable in the game of football, I feel like everything on the football pitch is this type of thing you have to be ready for it. and these look, players have built their whole careers on being elite in terms of their mentality as well as their ability and they're yeah. just fine with it if if emmy martinez throwing a ball is why you missed a penalty you probably shouldn't be taking it <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen um i'm not here to judge him for the, the rest of the antics but i'd probably say i can see where people are coming from when they say cradling a baby with killian and head on after he's just put four past you is probably not the wisest of choices. But I've seen also seen comments like, oh, that's going to come back to bite him. I don't think it will come back to bite him because I can't see Villa playing PSG for a good while. And I can't see Emmy Martinez leaving Villa anytime soon to go and play people like PSG. So and, I'm going to put um, nip two things in a bud, bud there. And France aren't going to beat Aston Villa to win a World Cup. <laughs> so. no, no, I think he's perfectly safe away from Mbappe's <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I think, yeah, that's fine. And he can celebrate as much as he wants. But, yeah, I'd probably put a deadline on him getting back into fitness for the 4th of January. I think it's the 4th of January we face, face Spurs. Wolves, so, yeah, yeah, get back to that one. Is that Wolves? Wolves, yeah, Spurs, uh, New Year's Day. Wolves, but, uh, yeah, he should be back for then. Enjoy your Christmas and then uh, get back on it for a week.
1: Yeah, I think that would make more sense. But, as I say, we'll get clarification from uh, Mr. Emery tomorrow and, that'll all be uh, confirmed. Uh, Pat, moving on to the Villa Park redevelopment uh, sort of update, if you will, the Birmingham city council had a meeting today and have ratified all the plans, which is good news. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of concerns about the transport, which is still obviously existing because you need to see concrete proof that the transport has improved. I think the main talking point for them was cars being obviously because it's been boosted now to 50,000, eventually hopefully to 60,000 capacity. Um, it's the traffic and all the car spaces as well. Obviously, there isn't enough of them around Villa Park at the moment. We sort of have to park right out um, in Aston and then around Witton. and then you have to get out, and it might take up to an hour to get home if you live like half an hour away. It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a jaunt to get in and out of the stadium sometimes. So those things do have to be improved. But it's good news that the council have so ratified the uh, the new North Stand build and the
0: Villa Live facility as well. Yeah, hundred percent. That Villa live, it's going to be like prime Box Park in a World Cup, yeah. isn't it? It Looks really good. To be fair, yeah. um, like you say about that transport, the, the video they released, Villa released the, the like CGI one or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It just looks a lot more spacious around the ground. Like yeah. even at the north, like around where the club shop usually is, I think they're just going to demolish a lot of the area and just make it look like like a kind of like fan area. Like I go to certain stadiums. I remember going to like, I think it's the Millennium one in Cardiff. And it's like a village around the place and like the Olympic stadium and stuff like that. You want to keep the actual atmosphere and like historic and like look of the actual stadium, but you you can modify and bring things into the future around it. And I think they're going to do that. I'm just happy they've straight off the bat mentioned the train station. Because when you lose... 3-0 3-0 or whatever and you're walking out of down that alleyway to the station and you turn left and see that line going down the whole of Litchfield Road <laughs> it does make you want to cry just into your hands a little bit so I'm happy that they they are ad- trying to address the issue I don't know what they, the statement was pretty brief they're just saying they're looking into it so they don't really want to comment on everything yet but I'm hoping some details emerge I think they said spring 2023 is when they're going to start and it should be between 18 and 24 months for it to be concluded So It's exciting times nonetheless, yeah. Um, It goes with the vision of the club. Hopefully, the on-pitch performances up until that point and throughout the construction of the stadium keep up with the vision of the club. That's the worry for some fans, I think. We're talking the talk. It's time to walk the walk and I think Unai Emery is the right guy to do that, to be fair. So, yeah, it's hopeful. It's looking good. Yeah,
1: definitely good news. Uh, The final item on our agenda, I suppose, is transfers. We're only a few days away from the window now. It's... It's crazy, really. Like It feels like we're only... Uh, I don't know where this year's gone anyway, but to only be, what are we, like, a week or so away from the January window opening, it's crazy. So Villa have probably already mapped out their plans. I would have presumed in this six-week break, probably, you know, that helps too. Uh, obviously, a lot of talk around certain players, the <laughs> Dejal Felix being one. Yeah. Um, there hasn't necessarily been an update on that, but the point still stands of... We have got to convince this guy to join the club, which is already going to be a, a tall order. Let alone negotiating with Atletico, or to be honest, that side of things probably isn't so bad because obviously Mendes. I think it's well reported that he's kind of pushing the Villa move yeah. because he gets on with uh,
0: Suarez. We've got good relationships with him there. I think they want to sell as well. I think they've just sold Cunha yeah. to Wolves, and they want yeah. they want need money, don't they? Have to drop him out of the Champions League. Yeah,
1: so I don't think that side of the deal is particularly difficult, but. Yeah. Joe Felix, who's a Champions League player, coming yeah. to Villa, that's some sort of sacrifice for him for how many years he'd want to stay here. Because let's yeah. be honest, we're going to get in the Champions League within, within five years? Probably not. Yes, we could do Europa League, but Joe Felix isn't going to be staying there for 10 years, is he? So yeah. it'd be some commitment if he wanted to do that, but I would doubt it, to be honest. I think Arsenal like him. I think there's obviously the clubs too. There's probably more attractive offers. I mean, we're Villa fans, but we can't say Arsenal isn't the more. Attractive move for him at the moment, especially with Jesus uh, being injured. Marcus Turam, Nicholas Jackson, other attackers that have been linked as well. Pat, is there, obviously that seems to be the position that we're looking at. Is there other yeah. positions, or do you want to speak about that position in particular, or is there any other positions that you think Emery needs to look at
0: next month? Um, I did a piece on it the other day and I was just, I said like four deals I think Villa should complete and one of them just get Ashley Young extended just just off the bat. I did that. I also mentioned maybe a reserve keeper. This isn't a dig at Robin Olsen, but it just does seem like he's under the cosh a bit when Emery asks him to play out from the back. I mean, I think it impacts his confidence as well doing that because it's kind of like Tyrone Mings where he's a great defender, but if you ask him to do too much from the back, the errors start creeping in and that's what they get stick for. And I don't want to see any player get stick. But if that's how the manager wants to play, then the manager has to assess if if that's what's going to happen. Then you keep hearing links to other keepers and whatnot. This Bono guy from Morocco, the Morocco keeper, I think he's too good to be a backup keeper. And I think they're just rumours coming in from clubs maybe circulating around Martinez, but I don't think he'll leave personally. No. Like you mentioned Tharam earlier, I've I've loved watching Thuram play football since lockdown, you know when we had that bit where it was just German football on TV. Yeah. Right back right? Kunja and Thuram were just up there. I was just like, "Oh, this is great to watch." Um Thuram can play wide, can play up front, powerful, strong, finish. I think he's got I can't maybe 13 goals and 15 appearances or something or 13 goal involvements this season. Yeah, he's yeah, really like that. 13. And um so yeah, he'd be a real real coup if we got him. But I, th- I think I heard uh, what's his name, Alan Saint Maximan, talking about him today, saying, "Oh, he's been speaking to him about Newcastle, and obviously Newcastle's financial power is pretty hard to deal with." Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and the fact he's on such a low, uh, what you call it, his contract running out, isn't it? So it'd be a bargain transfer. There'll be a lot of clubs after that, especially after the likes of Arsenal, United just got rid of Ronaldo. They need a striker. So, there's a lot to compete with, and the January window also brings a bit of a tax, doesn't it? You have to pay a bit more and whatnot, yeah. so I'm not really sure where he'll go with it, to be honest. I think he's got the midfield too pretty much sorted unless he wants to recruit just in case Louise goes on to move on and that new deal was to protect his value, et cetera, et cetera. maybe another winger like you say, the wide positions, maybe if we got another one, it'd give us another option to turn two away from the four triple two true um other than that, maybe he'll just try and filter out the positions that Gerard kind of moulded to his squad. So the Augustinson and Bednarek, yeah. I can't see them staying permanently. So maybe Emery will bring in his own left back and bring in his own centre back and whatnot. And then hopefully Diego Carlos returns pretty soon because oh, I can't wait to see him playing football again, to be honest. And I think he'll be be a big, big asset for Emery building up from the back, to be honest. So yeah. that'll be promising. But other than that, I'm not maybe two to th- three max signings. I'd say in January. Yeah, I think it's, right. it's one of
1: those. Really, personally, I said it last January so the start of this year. Um, when we got Catenio and Luca Dean over the line, both of those were I think he called them opportunistic signings. Mm-hmm. I think that's what January is, isn't it? So you're not going to be getting. You might sorry, you might not be getting, or you might have to be patient on your number one target. But if something becomes available, then you can, and and you can do it. Then Villa will get it done because we have the finance in place to do so. But that isn't really what a fan wants to <laughs> They want to be hearing that yeah, we want to spend more money. Yeah. So, look, prime example is probably Buca Kamara. I think in the yeah. January we were, was, well, to fair, we were linked with Basumer and I think we wanted him. He was obviously an excellent player as well. Um, but we said no to that deal because he was too expensive at the time. And then Kamara comes up for a free. And between those two players, there's not a whole lot difference of quality. Uh, and you've got one for like £40 million less <laughs> on a free. So... um it makes sense, doesn't it, over the course of, you know, the two windows. And that's how Villa see it between the January and the summer windows. They, they don't sort of block one off. It's there together. Uh, so it makes total sense. And I'm sure that Lang has been working hard with Emery over the last six weeks to identify those targets, speak to the agents and sort of get the ball moving, you know, okay. get, get the ball rolling, sorry, on those, on those deals. Um, so, yeah. Uh, January window should be an exciting one we'll see what gets done Uh, but that's all we have time for today Villa back in action on Monday, Boxing Day then tight turnaround for Spurs on New Year's Day then Wolves on January the 4th that'll be a very cold night at Villa Park you can already tell that Uh, Pat, thanks for joining me today and recapping the last few weeks of the hectic law and uh, for the viewers as well thanks for watching this episode and we'll be back for probably a Liverpool reaction it'll be the next video Um, and we'll catch you then so if we don't see you before have a Merry Christmas and up the villa
0: thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your thoughts and comments we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa